Hey, Reach Church, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Sunday morning message, continuing our series, In My Head, with Pastor Omar Lopez, in the message entitled, Truth or Lies. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to see everyone here this morning. We're glad you're here. And how many just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in this house today? Why don't you turn to someone and say, you're in the right place, at the right time, right now. Oh, that is so awesome. I'm glad today that you're here, and uh, we're in this new series again, In My Head. How many know everything's in my head? And so I believe today, as uh, I talk and minister about this subject, because many times uh, we become prisoners of our thoughts, and our thoughts can really deceive us. And not only our own thoughts, but thoughts from the outside. And I talked about last week when I started this series about the best way we can compare our mind. And again, it's a very fracture of comparison, but they compare our mind to that of a computer. And you can have this great computer. It can be well built, have the greatest memory, it could be the fastest. But if you put the wrong stuff in the computer, it can corrupt it. And if you put the wrong software in it, if you download the wrong thing, if you get into the wrong website or you open the wrong email, they call what they, what they call a, a virus can get inside of your computer. And no matter how fast, how great that computer is, you've allowed that virus to get in. It's like a lie that gets into your mind and it begins to corrupt your files. And sometimes people can't even get in their own files because some kind of malware, what they call it, got it, called it, and they get in there. And then you got to get an antivirus software, right? I believe the antivirus is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit takes away some of those things in our mind. The best I can illustrate. I know it sounds corny, but I thought it was pretty good. And so uh, sometimes we allow things in our head, and it begins to destroy us. And here's what the Scripture says. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you, your thoughts become you. Your thoughts begin to shape you. Your thoughts begin to dictate or to begin to govern your behavior because of what you think you become. And several places in Scripture, I talked about being a manager. We have to manage our thoughts, learning. And so this morning, I want to talk about how to manage our thoughts our thoughts and the things that we've learned. And some things that we've learned have really harmed us. I talked last week about some of the things that we uh, was inherited and our family taught us, did us some well, did us well, did us good, but other things did us wrong and steered us in the wrong place. And so I want to read kind of our theme scripture here out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to read it to you. Then we're going to pray and then we'll dive right into this message. So the Bible says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. This battle that we're fighting is not the same way the world is fighting. It's that the weapons we fight, uh, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. But on the contrary, they have divine power, I love this, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. That means every prideful, exalted thought that sets up against uh, the knowledge of God, it says, then it says, we take captive every thought 
to make it obedient to Christ. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for truth today. We know that truth sets people free. And so I pray today, God, that you'd open our heart. God, remove so many lies that have been spoken into us. So many lies that we've heard. So many lives, uh, lies that we've said to ourselves. I pray remove that from us today. And God, demolish them in the name of Jesus. We take authority over them right now. And we pray today, God, that you'd open our heart. You'd open our mind to receive the word of God. And remove every distraction. Remove every lying thought right now. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit anoint every word that I speak. And Lord, that they would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So the Apostle Paul here is demonstrating to us that the battle that we're fighting, again, is in our mind. And that we have the ability to demolish and to destroy every stronghold. Last week I talked about a stronghold is the fortified prison. And many times our mind can be in this prison. It can become a mental block or a mindset. What is the mindset? It is the way we think. It is the way uh, we set our mind into thinking. Our mind is set in a certain way of thinking, uh, in a certain process, and how we think things through. And the Bible says that those mindsets or those strongholds need to be demolished by the power of God. A lot of us have different mindsets or a mind or a way of thinking concerning our worldview, concerning how you look at people, concerning how you look at culture, how you look at faith or religion, uh, how you uh, manage your finances and all of these things. We have strongholds, uh, even personal strongholds. Some people are worriers. How many have ever met some worriers in your life? You get around them, you'll start worrying, right? You'll be worried. You know, a worry monger is what we call them. And you can just, they just worry about everything. Everything is a crisis. And so you, uh, that becomes a stronghold. Uh, There's people that are prideful, people that are just stubborn. You ever just met some stubborn people in your life? Just hard-headed, man. Uh, I mean, just stubborn. Even though they know they're wrong, they're still going to hold on to it. Uh, uh, People could be uh, really a stronghold of pride, uh, and dishonesty. Others can be seeking other people's approval. And anytime you make an idol out of something in your life that doesn't align with the word of God, it becomes a stronghold. Your fear can become a stronghold. Your guilt, your resentment, your insecurity can become a stronghold in your mind. And so the Bible says to take every thought into captivity and bring it under obedience to Christ. We're going to make it submit under Jesus Christ. And we're going to make it obedient. Sometimes it's called raw obedience. You do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Not because you feel it. Not because it feels good. Not because you're in the mood. It's because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to shut up and obey God. Hallelujah. I'm going to do the right thing and make it submit to that of the word of God. I've said this before. Sometimes it's hard to get our mind to mind, right? Got to mind my mind, man. And often our mind is rebellious. 
It's rebellious. Uh, when we need to ponder, we often begin to wander, right? When we need to pray, our thoughts seem to float away. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. The fact is this. We can become Christians very ineffective today because we don't know how to fight the battle that is in our mind. And so this morning, what I want to talk about in my head, I want to talk about truth or lies. Are you believing a truth or are you believing a lie? Because oftentimes, even truth sometimes or lies can be disguised as truth. And what you're believing as truth is actually a lie. And so Jesus gives us some great examples and gives us a great story of how to determine whether something is truth or lies. And I want to just say this to you because uh, lots of times we're confused about what truth and what's a lie. Number one, write this down. Don't believe everything that you think. Just because you think it, don't make it truth. Don't make it, don't make it the truth at all. You could be lying to yourself. And so just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Well, I, I, I believe I should get rid of this wife and get another wife. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. Well, I thought it. Well, that's the problem right there. You thought it. There are so many suggestions that come into our mind, not again, not only from ourselves, but from the outside. Uh, uh, so many suggestions coming in from different, we, we live in a world of information. You can get information quick, fast. Used to be you had to go to the library. Anybody know what a library is? I used to have to go to the library when I was young. And, and you had to go check out a book and make sure. And I remember having to go to the encyclopedia. And I remember the encyclopedia was so awesome that I could go to the library and read the encyclopedia. And now you can get the encyclopedia online in a second. I mean, you can get everything that you want, all the information. You ever talk to someone, they, go, they say this, you go, oh, let, me, let me Google that. Let me see if that's true. I don't know if that, you know, that kind of sounds weird to me. Let, me. let me double check that. And then you start finding out different things. Why? That's how quick information is. And we get information so fast, especially in today's world, especially the media. I mean, man, the media can feed us. It can get you in panic. I won't even mention the pandemic, but I'm saying to you today, it can get you, you know, it, it can, you can get exaggeration. Things are, are greater or, bet or worse than they really are. And of course, you got Satan who's making all these suggestions. And what, we have a problem. It's called mental illness. And I'm not talking about the medical diagnosis, but I'm talking about a mental illness called sin. And all of us deal with it. We have a mental illness by the word sin. And why does sin get into our mind and heart? Well, the Bible says our minds, number one, you could write these scriptures down. I don't have time to put them on the screen. It says our minds are naturally confused. In Deuteronomy 28, 20, when it's away from God, when you're sin. It's naturally anxious in Job chapter 17, verse 3. It's anxiously or naturally evil or restless in Ecclesiastic 2, 21. The Bible says we have a troubled mind in 2 Kings 6, 11, a depraved mind in 1 Timothy 
Timothy 6, 5, a sinful mind. Romans 8, 7, a dull mind. In 2 Corinthians 3, 14, a blinded mind. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, a corrupt mind. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. So all of us this morning, no matter who you are, your mind is not as good as you think it is. Especially when it rebels against God and it rebels against what the word of God says, corruption gets in there. Bible talks about that our minds are broken by sin. And in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick or wicked. Who can understand it? Another version said the human mind is the most deceitful of all things. It is incurable. Wow, no one can understand how deceitful it is. So outside of God, your mind is corrupt. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. <clears throat> Do not lean, what? On your own understanding. So we have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. We do it all the time. We say, we say things are okay when we know they're not. You're lying to yourself. They're not okay. Things aren't going as good as you say. My marriage is great. It's not that great. You know that right now, huh? You're in the doghouse. And so the, the Bible tells us to don't trust in yourself, but to trust in God. Even your own thoughts deceive you. Listen to this scripture in Romans 3, 4. Let God be true and every man is a liar. So everywhere in scripture is telling us today that the reason why we battle and the reason why we have such a difficult time, it all begins with sin and it leads into a lie. If I can get you or if Satan can get you to believe a lie, he'll get you to sin. If Satan can get you to believe a, a deception and get you to believe a, a lie that's not true, it'll, it'll uh, get, cause your life headed for destruction. Anytime you think you know better than God, you're deceiving yourself. Anytime you sin, you're thinking that you know better than God. God said, this is wrong. I don't care what you feel, it's wrong. If you think you know better, you're in sin. Look at first. John chapter 1, verse 8, it said, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So you're not as righteous as you think you are. You're not as good as you think you are. Come on, I'm preaching today. If the Bible says, if a person says he has no sin, he's a liar, and the truth is not in us. And so over and over, the Bible says we can deceive ourselves. And I just want to tell you today, all of us uh, are, are susceptible to lies, and we need to, to be careful. We need to be careful this morning. I do want to say this. Yesterday, uh, I, I, we had a, a funeral service for my mom here, and I want you to know uh, my family thought the team here that served was like the best team in the world. Give yourself a hand, those that were serving... I don't want to forget that because I'm telling you, uh, my family and relatives that came, they were so moved uh, by how this church served and how all the people here were so attentive to their needs. They were just like, uh, they just couldn't believe it. And I, you know, I kind of like, no, I didn't do that. I said, 
I said, these people love God, man, and they want to they wanna minister to you. And so it, it was just so impactful. And again, thank you for all those that were able to serve. And, and my mom is in eternity with Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I know that already. And uh, I, I just appreciate all those that were serving. I do want to say this to you. Something I learned, the reason why I brought it up, is something I learned from a relative of mine. Has anybody ever done the DNA uh, ancestry? Any of you guys ever done that? Well, some, one of my relatives, a very close relative of ours, and had uh, said that they did the DNA ancestry. And this is what I learned. This is crazy. And they said that 70% or somewhere between 60 and 70% is in our family, we're Jewish. I go, What? He goes, I've got the thing. You better do this. I said, how is that? He goes, yeah. He said, apparently Jews migrated into Mexico. And their last name, a lot of them that ended with S, they changed it to Z. Now, my last name is Lopez. And he said, they probably changed it to Z to make it sound Hispanic. And they changed it from S to Z to hide because many of them were under persecution from Spain and Europe. And they migrated into Mexico and to hide, they changed their last name. And, they, and this is the other thing he told me. He said, so if you're more than 50% Jewish, you, you can become a citizen in Israel. So I'm headed. No, I'm just kidding. I may be wearing a yarmulke uh, next week. Be coming in and say, hey, you know, I have my whole thing here. Isn't that crazy? I couldn't even believe it. You shouldn't believe it because everything I just said was a lie. (laughs) Being honest with you. See how I got you going? I made all that up. Sounded good though, didn't it? My brother's sitting out there going, man, he was like shocked. You guys, why did you say that, Pastor? Because I want you to understand something. The reason I said that today It's because the more you say something over and over, you'll start to believe it. Even if it's a lie. The more something is repeated to you over and over, you'll begin to accept that lie as truth. See, I could have made everybody here believe what I was saying. And if I said it enough times, and I came up here enough times to tell you I'm Jewish... I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it may t- turn out to be true. I just made it up, though. Made up the whole story. I, I don't know anyone that any of our family has gone on DNA, but who knows what our DNA is. But what I, wanted, well, what I illustrate to you is that a thought that is placed in you enough times and repeated over and over, even though it's a lie, will begin to affect you as true. This is why you need to discern You need to have the ability to discern truth and a lie. Can you say amen? Again, forgive me. I know you guys are mad at me, but I was trying to illustrate this to you. Some of you guys are mad. I'm trying to illustrate it to you. Next week, I would have had a yarmulke on. You guys, oh, he is Jewish. I got my Jewish citizenship and put up a false paper up there, official Jewish citizen. No, but what I want to say to you today That's how the devil works. He begins to tell you lies, and you'll begin to believe it. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 8 
It says, when he lies, he speaks his native language. This is talking about the devil. This is Jesus speaking to the Jewish people because they're saying, uh, uh, he's telling them, uh, before Abraham I was, they go, we come from our father Abraham. They're saying, you know, we're in the bloodline. That's our DNA. And Jesus said, you know, you know who your father is? Your father is Satan. Your father is the devil. And I'll get into why Jesus is saying to them. And he said, when he lies, he speaks his native language. Then he said, he is a liar and he is the father of lies. In other words, he's the inventor of lies. He is the mentor of lies. He said, your father is the devil and he's been lying to you. And anytime he speaks, that's his nature. That's his native language. He is a liar. People say, how do you know when the devil lies? As soon as his lips move, he's lying. Amen. As soon as you see him speaking, he's lying. He's a habitual liar. He's a pathological liar. Anybody ever meet someone like that? They just lie and lie after everything. That's the devil. He'll never tell you truth. He's lying to you already. And Jesus said this again. Jesus, see, the devil's weapon is lies, and Jesus' weapon is truth. And Jesus said this in John 8, 32, you will know the truth, what? And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The reason why people are still bound and the reason they still think the way they think and they have biases and they're bound and, they're, and there's all these different things and mental blocks and they can't receive the truth and they can't receive because they're bound by a lie and Jesus is trying to set them free. The truth will set you free. How many remember when you came to Christ? Uh, I remember when I came to Christ, I didn't think I was that bad of a person. I thought, well, you know, I'm okay. God knows. I mean, God, you know, we, 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 you know, we got a thing, me and him. He knows who I am. I know who he is. You know, I talk to him every now and then. And, and I, I come to realize after I became a Christian, I didn't know God at all. I was deceived. I had formed my own religion and my own philosophy about my relationship with Christ. It wasn't biblical, but I believed the lie. And there's a lot of people like that today. If you tell them they need Christ, hey, 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 you know, let's not take it that far. You know, I'm right with God. God knows me. You know, we have a thing. Yeah, it's judgment if you don't know Christ. <laughs> You're going to be condemned if you don't receive Jesus in your life. Now, God loves you, but you need to receive him in your heart. You need to surrender. You guys are quiet out there. See, if you repeat a lie long enough, it becomes truth. This, is, uh, this particular quote is attributed to a Nazi by the name of Joseph, uh, I believe, Goebbels is his name, or Goebbels. And he says, uh, if you repeat a lie uh, often enough, it becomes the truth. So the more you repeat it, the more it becomes truth. I don't know if you know this. Many of you may already know this. But in history, people used to believe that the world was flat. The, the, the truth. In fact, there's still some people. You Don't look it up now. I Googled. There's the, there's the people right now that still believe the world's flat. They don't believe the world is round. And they believe that when you get to a certain place back then, if you went too far, it was even maps. There are still maps. You can look them up where uh, uh, beyond this 
place or beyond this uh, uh, distance, they, they be dragons out there. That's what they said. You're going to meet dragons, so you can only go so far. Otherwise, you're going to fall over the edge. And so people believe that the world was flat. People actually believe that, that, that it was not round. And it was said enough times that people begin to believe this lie. And all of us this morning, if we begin to believe a lie, we begin to think that it's actually true when it is a lie. And that is Satan's way of working on people today. He's getting you to believe a lie. Write this down. One of the games that the enemy plays is he plays the game of he imitates. He imitates a lie or he imitates a lie is truth. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, and the wonder for Satan himself what masquerades as an angel of light. Satan pretends. Satan pretends this is true. When it's a lie, it's a phony. It's not real. How many know the devil loves to masquerade? He likes to make things look good and true when they are a lie. There's a lot of people today that are pursuing things in their life because the devil makes it look better than it really is. Now, you can have fun. Just do whatever you want to do. Oh, there's no judgment. You're okay. Go around and fornicate as much as you want. Nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah, who needs to get married today? Oh, that's old stuff, man. That, that's the old book. The Bible, that's ancient. Hey, we're in 2021. Come on. You know, be, be honest with yourself. Everything's going to be good. Nah, there's no judgment. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what? Sin, it, sin is re- relative. You know, it's all, of, it's all about how you look at it. And just Satan loves to lie to people, and then we settle for cheap stuff. That's why people won't get into covenant of marriage. You settle for cheap fornication rather than a covenant. See, if you're a girl out there, I wouldn't settle for that. I thought I need to see a ring on my finger. You, if you're a girl out there, you're not touching me too. I see a ring on my finger. I'm worth more than you just touching me. You, you, where, where's the ring? Where's your promise? Where's your dedication? I don't, I, then you could just walk away anytime you want, and you're not dedicated to me. You're not devoted to me. You don't have to put a ring on my finger. Hallelujah. I didn't have it on my notes, but I put it in there. The enemy is the deceiver. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 11, 3, but I'm afraid just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, uh, your mind may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So the enemy loved to deceive. He loves to imitate. He loves to lie. This is what happened to Eve. We'll get into it in just a moment. But he's a deceiver. He became a serpent. And the Bible says he began to speak to Eve and begin to place things and get her to question God. This is the number one way that the enemy operates this morning is he imitates. And if you don't recognize the enemy's lies this morning, you're going to fall for it. The Bible says that when the serpent began to talk to Eve, he he begins to say, uh, he goes, if you eat of this fruit, he tells Eve, you'll be like God. 
She said, no, I'm not supposed to eat that. He goes, oh, man, if you eat this fruit, God knows that you're going to become like God. God knows that you're going to become like him. You're going to be just like God. So it's a deception. She was, he was lying to her and causing her to think that if she ate a certain fruit in a certain way, that she would become like God. And the Bible says that Eve began to have this conversation. And here's the thing you need to write down. The way the enemy operates, and you need to recognize the lie of the devil, is he gets you to question God's word. When you begin to question God's word, you're falling into deception. Well, I don't know if it really means that. I don't know if I really need to follow that. Genesis 3, 1, the serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Did he really say that? I mean, you notice how he questions questions what God said. He plants the seed of doubt. Again, getting you to think, do you really believe what the Bible says? Do you really believe that it applies for today? And then he gets them to deny God's word. He said, you shall surely not die. She goes, well, uh, God said if we eat of the fruit of the garden, in the middle of the garden, we're going to die. He goes, man, you, you're not going to die. There is no consequences to your sin. There is no consequences. There's nothing going to happen to you. That's a denial of God's word. Then he substitutes, again, let's go back to what he says. He substitutes his own lie. He said, you're going to be like God. And look at this, what it says in Genesis chapter 16, verse number 17, or uh, Genesis 2, verse 16. It says, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Remember, God said this. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat it, God tells Eve, Adam and Eve, you shall surely die. So here God is saying to them, you're, going to, you're free to do all of these things. I've given you freedom. How many know there's freedom in Christ? There's free. It's not bondage. He said, you are free to eat all. But the tree that is in the midst of the garden, you're not going to eat. Because the day that you eat it, you will surely die. But the enemy, again, comes in. He gets them to question God's word. He gets them to deny God's word. And then he substitutes God's word and says, you're not, you're going to be like God if you eat it. In other words, this morning, God, again, had given the commandment of the way things were going to be. But the enemy had the way of twisting the word of God. And this is what is a key word here because the Bible says when the enemy begins to have this dialogue with Eve, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the tree in the garden. She left out a word. She left out the word freely. She didn't say God said we can freely eat of everything. She said, the woman said, we may eat of the fruit that is in the tree, uh, uh, from, the, from the tree in the garden. In other words, all the other fruit, but uh, all the other trees, but we can't eat that one. But she didn't say freely. So I think here's the thing many times. When we begin to think about God and your attitude about God begins to be reflected in the word that you speak. She was kind of implying when you read it, perhaps God was holding back on her. When we begin to question, man, maybe God's holding back on me. Maybe I, I'm not getting everything in all the favor of God. When you start to question or forget the grace of God and the goodness of God, 
and you find it easier to question and disobey God, you've forgotten who God is. We sing that song, his goodness, man, is running after me. How many know we don't deserve the goodness of God? We don't deserve the grace of God. But when we begin to imply somehow that God's goodness is being withheld, when God is withholding his goodness from us this morning, the moment we begin to do that, it's easier to disobey God. When you feel like you're not getting all of God's goodness, then it's easy to disobey God. At that point, you just say, oh, you know what? This is not working for me. Christianity, no, that's not working for me. You know, I can't sing that song. He's running. You know what? God's goodness is not running. Man, look at my life. And you begin to think you deserve more than what you're getting. It's easier to disobey God. Here's a couple of things. I want you to write this down. Deception creates a disillusion. And what I mean by that this morning, many times, or delusions, I should say this morning, delusion. It causes you this morning to overestimate and underestimate the severity of a situation. What do I mean by that? Many times, as I talked about earlier today, is that a situation in your life is not as, is not as a crisis as you think it is. And we think, man, uh, you know, things are, are, are not going well. Things, the, the sky is falling. How many know what I'm talking about? Everything is, uh, is falling apart. Again, we talk about the story in the Bible where, where they get in the boat. And the Bible said Jesus is on the boat. And the Bible said that he comes to them. He, they wake him up. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. And the scripture said that Jesus looks at them and says, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? I'm in the boat, right? Jesus is in the boat. But the, the thing about it is uh, when we get disillusioned or we become delusional about God's truth, we think things are a lot worse than they really are. And we begin to question God and fear begins to grip our heart. Fear begins to get a hold of it. Uh, 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 again, lies are not only a deception, but they become destructive. I want to go back to the story of John chapter 8 and how the Bible says that these religious people begin to question Jesus about the truth. And they begin to say, we're from our father Abraham. They begin to talk about how they had all of these rights. In other words, we're Jewish. Again, I'm not Jewish, guy, but they begin to talk about, I'm Jewish. I was just lying, okay? I, I'm Jewish, and uh, we have all of these rights. We come in the lineage of this. And what happened is this morning, they thought they knew more than they really knew. And I'm going to read you this quote. And this quote said, the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It's the illusion of knowledge. Let me say that again. The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorant, it's the illusion of knowledge. See, again, people thought the world was flat, but they thought they knew something that wasn't true. A lot of us this morning, when we assume something as true, when it's not, we think we know more than we really do. Jesus calls it out, and this is some hard preaching here, because Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. Can you imagine being Jewish people? And you've been, you've been in this, you know, this Jewish line and, and Abraham and Father Abraham, everything to Noah, all of these things. And Jesus shows up on the scene and he begins to say that 
He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And he said, before Abraham was, I am. And they said, well, how could you be? You're not even 50 years old. He goes, man, I, I'm the one that created Abraham. And, and then Jesus, well, our father is Abraham. And Jesus said, no, your father is the devil. And he's a liar. Now, why did Jesus tell them that? Was he trying to be hard? Was he trying to be rough? Well, I know it, it sounded hard, but Jesus was trying to tell them the truth. And the truth hurts. Because they were deceived into thinking because they were of the lineage, the Jewish lineage, and they knew Abraham, who Abraham was, that that was enough to get into heaven. And Jesus said, no, no, you've been lied to. You're deceived. You're, you're holy on the outside. You look religious on the outside, but on the inside, you're corrupt. And he said, just because this deception, how many know the devil, the devil could be religious too? Can I tell you something? The devil comes to church too. As much as the presence of God is in the house, the devil's speaking to people's minds right now. He said, man, you just need to leave. This is, this is you know what? Yeah, this guy's getting too hard. He's getting on your toes. You need to go. Man, you need to go to the restroom. You, man, go, you know, go to doubles. Go sit over there in doubles. See, the devil works that way. Oh, man, I can't handle this. Oh, man, I'm not coming here again. That's all the enemy. He's at work. He's religious. These guys were talking about a religious subject, a religious thing that was happening in their life. Just because it's religious doesn't mean it can't be satanic. Jesus was saying, you know what? You may, it may sound all holy, but it's satanic in nature. Even Christians could be auto operating out of satanic nature because of the deception that you're living. You're believing a lie. You think you know more than you do. And Jesus is telling them, man, you don't know the truth. You have the lingual down. You have all the external things down. But guess who your daddy is? Your daddy's the devil. Guess who Papa is? He's the father of lies. That's what he tells them. That's who your Papa is. He's the father of lies. And, and, and you've been following him. And, and Jesus began to say, you know what? He was a murderer. Listen to me. I'm going to close here. You can come up here in just a moment. He was a murderer. When did, when did Satan murder anyone? When is it that Satan started murdering? I, I believe this this morning. The, the minute that Adam and Eve sinned, they begin to die. It wasn't a literal death. It was a spiritual death. Are you with me? So there's a connection between deception and destruction. He didn't kill Adam and Eve. He deceived them. And when he deceived them, it led to their destruction. I believe this morning... That a lot of us today, our deception is going to lead us to our destruction. We're going to destroy our lives this morning if we keep following the lies and allowing the enemy to put things in our heart that are not true. Now, here's what I want to say to you, and I want to close here in just a few moments. Jesus was trying to bring them the truth. And he said, if you're my disciples, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Some of us this morning, the reason why we can't see things is because you're stuck in a lie. The enemy has lied to you. He's put things in your heart and in your mind. It could have been 
since you were growing up. It could be even as some of us this morning, uh, some of our religious foundation needs to be broken. Some of your religious upbringing is wrong. Caused you to be all deceived. Can I preach this morning? Some of you don't trust leadership because the previous experience you had and the previous pastors you had and the previous churches you were in, you think all leadership is bad. You're deceived. Pastors are trying to help you. Leadership is trying to help you, trying to build you up. But you, your, your religious past experience, like these Jews, their religious past experience, they thought they were, they were good, but they were, Jesus said, you're of the father. You're, 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 the devil is your father. Some of us this morning, our religious past, religious foundation needs to be broken up. We get many people from different churches many times. They'll come up, and I just realized, man, this, this person's got some religious things about them. It's so religious, how they, how they think and their philosophy. And they try to bring it into the church, and we just have to, we got to expose it. And I said, that's a lie, man. You're following a lie right there. You're deceived. Can I preach this morning? You're pursuing something that, you know, I, again, I love, I love people, but sometimes I've had people come and they go, why are they wearing pants on the platform? I go, what's your upbringing? Because I, I can tell there's something going on. Uh, you know, my pastor said, I go, are you in that church? No, I had to leave that church. So you're going to try to tell us to wear pants in here or dresses in here? All everybody has to wear a dress. And then they use that scripture, you know, a woman not supposed to wear a man's clothing and all these different, taking it out of context. And in the same context, the Bible says you're not supposed to have material from different things. I go, so you have different material on. What about that? That's in the same chapter. So all of these different contexts that they pull scriptures out of. Well, a woman doesn't supposed to have makeup. Why do they all have makeup on? Oh my gosh. I've always said, if the barn needs painting, paint that barn. Amen. Paint it. Amen. It's okay. Don't be deceived. Hallelujah. It's okay. But, it, but they come from a religious background. They come from a religious background and believe it's not supposed to. They're not supposed to do that. And so they, they try to bring some of that, and we have to expose that. No, no, that, that's religious stuff you picked up. That's some, that's some past hurts that you picked up from that church or from this movement or wherever you were a part of. And I, I'm telling you, God wants to set you free. God wants to set your religious stuff free. Some of that religious stuff, you need to get it out of you. You need to get out of you. You're carrying it. You're trying to bring it in. And God wants to expose it. Can you say amen? And so Jesus was saying, you need to get out of that vice grip of deception. Now, here's what I want to say to you this morning. I'm the kind of person, I pray that you'll become this kind of person. God, I, I, I don't want to hurt my future. I don't want to hurt my future if I'm resisting hurting my feelings. I'd rather hurt my feelings than hurt my future. Are you with me? You know what, pastor? Preach it to me. You know what? There's some things that, you know, praise God. I, when, 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 before I was a pastor, I'd sit in second, first, second row, and I'd just say, preach it to me, pastor. If, if I need some correction, I need some changing, let me know. I need someone to tell me the truth. I'm tired of believing lies. I'm tired of being deceived. 
Because your degree of truth is consistent with your level of freedom. And your level of freedom can only come with how much you're willing to receive the truth in your life. Say, so you know what? I'm getting rid of the lies in my life. I'm getting rid of the deceptions in my life. I'm going to stop believing some of the things in the past that people put. You know what, man? I've been believing a deception, a delusion. It's going to destroy my life. I need to receive some truth today, and the truth will set you free. So I'm going to pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, all over this house this morning, I pray by the presence of God that, Lord, today we will make a choice to believe the truth. Because there's so many lies that we're hearing from the enemy today. God, that we are a lot. We are your people. We're worth more than the enemy says we are. That God, we've, we've allowed some lies from the past. And even our past. We, we've had some church hurt even, Lord, that has deceived us. God, I, I pray today that you'll go in there and break that foundation. Break that old foundation of religion. Break that old foundation of hurt in the past, God, today. I pray for a new foundation in people today. That, God, they'll begin to grow and begin to live out in truth. They'll begin to operate in truth, not out of deceptions and lies of the enemy today. God, there's some people in here today, God, they don't believe that you love them. They don't believe that they can get right. They don't believe that they can change. And that's a deception And that's the lie of the enemy today. So I pray by the presence of God that you'll reach across this room right now and begin to let people know you love them, you care about them, and you want to set them free this morning. So, Father, reach across this room. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Amen. Christians praying quietly. If you're in this room right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know who you're, what your name is. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe it's your second time here. Maybe you've come a few times. But I'm telling you today, there's a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God in heaven that cares about your soul today. And maybe you say, you know, I'm okay. You're deceiving yourself. You're not okay without Christ. You're not okay. You're lost. The Bible says every single one of us is the sinner. And we need God's forgiveness. The Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. For all have gone astray. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. We need the Lord in our lives. So whoever you are, if you've never received Jesus in your life, you never asked Christ to come into your heart to forgive you of your sin, you're lost. You need him today in your life. That is the truth. Jesus said that he's the way. That he's the truth. And that he's the life. So whatever philosophy you have about God, it doesn't hold water. Whatever philosophy, oh, I got my own way of thinking. Your own way of thinking is going to take you straight to hell. You're deceived. You need God in your life. And today I come to share the truth with you. It may hurt you, but friend, I care about your future. I care about your life today. I may not know you, but I'm telling you today, what I'm preaching to you can change your life. Today you can get right with God. Today you can know Jesus as your Savior, whoever you are. So if that's you, right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. Would you just raise your hand right now, anyone at all? Just raise your hand real quick and say, Pastor, that's me. 
I need God. Don't, 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 don't feel like I'm going to put, I'm not here to embarrass you. Don't lie to yourself like, man, they're going to put me to shame. I'm, that's a lie. We're here to encourage you. We're here to tell you the truth today that God can change your life. Is there anyone here in this building right now that that's me? I need God in my life right now. Just raise your hand real quick. So that's me. Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need, I need Jesus in my life. Whoever you are, just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Just raise your hand. Maybe at one time you were walking with God, but you know you're not serving God right now. You know you're not right with God. You know if you died, you would make it to heaven. Your life right now is not in alignment with God. You said a prayer, but you've walked away from that prayer a long time ago. And you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Who are you? Raise your hand right now. That's me, Pastor. I I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Is there anyone at all right now? Just raise your hand. We don't want you to leave here the same way you walked in. Anyone at all, friend. I'm telling you today, there's a God in heaven that cares. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord. I, I believe the Lord today is ministering to people. Why don't we stand together? Here's what I want to do today. Whatever... Whatever today you're dealing with, I believe today God is exposing some deceptions and some lies in your life. Maybe you've been a little religious and you know what? You, you, you know how to do all the outside, but in your heart, man, you say, man, I, I, I need to stop being deceived. I'm deceiving myself. I'm deceiving myself. I, I, I need to live clean. I need to live right. I, I, some, some of us, our religious foundation needs to be broken up. Because those old beliefs are hindering, are, are causing a mental block, are causing a stronghold from you moving forward. Some of you can't even worship God because your past religion said that you're not supposed to lift your hand. You're not supposed to shout. You're not supposed to worship like that. Church isn't supposed to be this loud. There's supposed to be more, more uh, you know, what's the word? More discreet, more, more reverence, right? That's what they say, more reverence. Uh, I, I, we're reverencing God in worship. Hallelujah. But maybe this morning there's been some areas in your life that God wants to really just, you need some healing. Maybe some things have gotten in your heart and mind. You, you started believing this lie about yourself, what the enemy said about you, making you feel like, you know what, God doesn't love you, God doesn't care, you'll never change. You're, you're a prisoner to your thoughts today, whatever it may be today. I know it's hard to respond, but I care more about your future than I care about your feelings. Amen. And so I'm going to open this altar this morning. They're going to lead us in worship. I want you to just make your way down here. This is the place where we could be transparent. We could just be open. Say, God, help me today. I've been walking in some deception that has been hindering my life. Man, I've been believing a lie about things. Maybe some things in the past. Maybe some past hurt. Maybe some people that that just deceived you and, and lied to you. Whatever, just come right now. We're going to pray. God's going to break some strongholds. Hallelujah. Come on, let's begin to pray as they lead us in worship right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.